Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. We made it. Good. Yay. How are you? Good. Really good. Having a good day today and just... Trying to get a wild banshee down for a nap before this started, you know, <laughs> normal stuff. I know we don't usually, it's kind of weird for us to record on a Wednesday. Yeah, I know. I feel- yeah. So we started school a few weeks back and I was like feeling real overwhelmed with the amount of work that we had yeah. to do every day. I'm like, man, it's just, I'm not getting everything done in one day. And I'm like, it's just so much schoolwork. And then I told you that I realized I was doing way too much math that I'd done like mm. a few months worth of math in a week. <laughs> and then I just realized oh, yeah. the other day that I had done way too much English also. So I'm like, I'm, oh. I've been so killing myself and realized that I- How did you figure that out? Um, well, I looked, what I started was, I was just doing a chapter a day in our English mm-hmm. book and then doing the, um, doing like the workbook that goes along with it. And then- it dawned on me, like, I should check and see how many chapters there actually are. <laughs> and if I'm doing a chapter day, so anyways, there was like 36 chapters and we have 34 weeks of school. So I was like, I should be doing a chapter a week, not a day. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But I told Ransom, I was like, I'm actually really proud of you because I was working you way harder than what I should have been probably, yeah. but you handled it and we did it. And I wasn't handling it as well as he was. He was getting it done and was like, this is taking a long time, but he wasn't really complaining. But I was the one that was like, I don't have time for anything else. Uh, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, second grade was a step up for sure. Oh man. But not that big of a step up. <laughs> it has been, it's still a pretty big step up. But yeah. Um, yeah, when I was doing way too much of math and English, it was way more. I was like, my gosh, this is this is quite the difference. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it uh I was feeling really overwhelmed last week and Jared brought home that book, The Joy of Housekeeping, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It was just like the perfect time, the perfect time God brought it to me. And it's just been a really helpful book. It, it, I mean, it's nothing extraordinary. It's just been an encouragement to like think through all my duties and like schedule yeah. things out. And it was just good. Yeah. So. Mm, That's yeah. cool. Yeah. What about you? What's going on with you? We're trying to get out of the, out of town tomorrow. <laughs> all seven of us yeah Yeah. the kids are they haven't um well ira came with us last year because he had a concussion but it's been of many years since any of them have come on a road trip so Mm -hmm. in their mind it's like the coziest possible thing that's happening to them it's so cute i love it how many hour drive is it for you uh i think it's a 10 hour drive so it'll probably be like 10 i mean 12 to 13 Mm -hmm. are you gonna drive in the day or at night we're going to drive in the day. Yeah. We're okay. going to get up a couple hours early and mm-hmm. tr- at least get a few hours under our belt. But, um, yeah, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's so pretty. It's so mm-hmm. pretty. Are you taking your van? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we all be interceding for the van? Yes, <laughs> okay. <should be. laughs> okay. Well, that's we actually, exciting. Brian helped me clean it out on Monday, which was a huge undertaking, but we realized some of the kids sized out of their car seats, Mm -hmm. though it actually has given us a ton, a ton more room. So Uh if the van keeps running, 
Lord willing, we should be able to fit another kid in there. Okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah, cause they those aged those. into booster seats. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And are even out of a booster seat now. So, which nice. is so weird to think about, but yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Once anyway. you get into a booster seat, it's like, man, you do have a lot more room. Oh yeah. So much more room. Mm-hmm. So much. Cool. Oh yeah. That's exciting. Do you have any tricks for the road, for the, on the road that you're doing with the kids? Are you like packing anything special or anything for a long drive? I do have like some coloring books, some velvet, you know, those velvet coloring pages. Yes. I don't know what Mm -hmm. they're technically called. I have some of that stuff. I've got Cyril loves little cars. I ordered some I spy and where's Waldo books. I'm really bummed because I don't think they're going to be here today. I know I'm super bummed, but, um, the last trip we went on, I ordered a bunch of snacks, new snacks from thrive uh just for the road. And they did not come in. They were delayed and didn't come in on time. I was like, dang it. This would have been so great. (laughs) We're going, we're going to, um, Southern Utah in October though. So I'm kind of like, well, it's not a total waste of money. I'm just, I'm bummed, but I'm going to schedule it all out. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So they will have stuff through the whole day. Yeah. The first two hours you get this surprise. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's just like what you're doing. If you finish it, then you have to wait until, you know, the next look at the window. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Car bingo. I grew up with car bingo because we drove everywhere when we moved. So that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. So we all get, uh, horrendously car sick. So we can't do all of you do. Yes. We all get very car sick. So, um, we can't do any of that kind of stuff. So we did the, um, audio book of Narnia, the radio theater, the last long car trip we went on. And that was just the best thing ever. Everyone was silent Mm -hmm. and engaged and totally into the story. So I love the radio theater version of Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. We rely heavily on audible for sure. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And then snacks. That's basically what do, what we do snacks and listening to something. That's the only options for our family. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Um, cause even like I will, I usually get our kids a new small toy to hold like a hot wheels or, you know, some cheap little something. Yeah. Um, that, that, that I give them as we are driving. Um, and mm-hmm. that usually is pretty exciting for a while. You know, it's funny cause Brian and I have been lots of places. We've traveled quite a bit together actually, since having kids, I am so much more organized with all five of them this time leaving than I ever have been. It forces you into it. It totally does. Yeah, it totally, I know. You cannot wing it. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, and that's how it's been with housekeeping lately too. Like I've never been one to schedule things. I've never been one to like be organized or like have a plan for how I'll do things. It's always just been when this needs to be clean, I'll clean it. Or yeah. like when I feel the urge to do this, I'll do it. And um, yeah, the more children that you have, the more stuff you have on your plate, it forces you into a type of organization. So yeah, certain people I know are, I don't know if I told you this, they're worried that the country is going to shut down and I'll be stuck in Idaho Mm -hmm. with my five kids and no food. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we'll see if the country shuts down. We might become, what do they call them? Idahoans? I don't know. It's not much from Utah though. They're so Mormon. Yeah. Um, so you bring in like some meat sticks and, uh, what are those packs called? Those meal packs that are like survival. (laughs) Well, honestly, no, we honestly (laughs) have to go just do all of our grocery shopping there, except for the day of, we just don't have the space to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to take a, our little cooler backpack full of frozen meat. Cause I'm not going to buy. Yeah. It's just so expensive to buy meat right now. Did you get an Airbnb? 
Yeah, we did. With a kitchen and stuff. Cool. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, and then you'll be there four days. Is that what you said? We're coming home Tuesday. So okay. Thursday through Tuesday. I don't know how, oh. <laughs> I don't get how to count. <laughs> oh no, like six I days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so quite a long time. That's exciting. I can't wait to hear about it. Do you have plans while you're there or just go into the grace agenda and then whatever, whatever that brings. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. When you can said it. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Um, the question. <laughs> do you have plans other than, other than going to grace agenda while you're there or just that's the main plan? Um, we'll see friends, our old elders or members at Christ church. We'll see Paige and Todd. Oh which yeah. They're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we might, I, I'm trying to get together with, with Becky. We okay. had made tentative plans months ago to get our families together, but this is really cool. I was excited for her. Her kids and grandkids get to come from Boise, kind of a last minute deal. Mm-hmm. So this was really cool. I was actually talking to her yesterday. She said she was supposed to be doing all this ministry stuff while she's there, but cause they're in town, she's playing grandma and she like uh, dropped all the ministry, cool. which I thought was yeah. A great example. Really encouraging to hear mm-hmm. her say that. So I don't know if I'll get together with her, mm-hmm. but even that little conversation yesterday, I was like, you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's encouraging. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So we are actually going to be talking about preserving today. Just Lexi and I are both kind of doing the, uh, every bit counts challenge that Jessica's doing from three rivers, three rivers homestead. So I thought we'd kind of talk about, um, some preserving that we've both been doing lately and then, yeah, just furthering skills and stuff like that. Yep. I saw you made so much (laughs) elderberry syrup. I'm shocked. Yeah. So we have a ton of elderberries that are ripe right now. Um, and then on our property, and then there's also a lot just that grows wild, like on the tree lines down country roads where we live. So Jared uh-huh. will stop and pick some. Um, so we have a oh. ton of elderberries right now. So I needed mm-hmm. to use up some elderberry stock that we've had in the freezer. So I was like, you know, we can't use all this. So I um, put a little thing out if anybody needed any or wanted any, and a bunch of people did. So I just made oh, a giant so, batch of it this cool. morning. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made a bunch of elderberry syrup recently. I've of course had a million cherry tomatoes. So this year I've tried dehydrating them, um, which went okay. I mean, I didn't get them like the perfect hardness that I wanted to. They're a little harder than what I thought, but you can just stick them in a food processor and make them into a powder and then mix that with water to make tomato paste. Yes. Yes. She talked about that. I think on the homesteading family, that sounded pretty simple. Okay. So yeah. Um, it's better than just letting them drop on the ground and rot. So like how I had been nervous to use the dehydrator. I was worried it would take too much power and be too expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was kind of worried about, and I was like, dang it. I don't know if this just be super costly endeavor for us, yeah. but I don't know what other dehydrators are like, but with the Excalibur, it's only three to cents, three to six cents per batch that you make. Yeah. Which to me, yeah. that's totally doable. Oh yeah. It's ours is really, it's like essentially like running a fan. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not bad for us either. Um, so I've done that. I dehydrated some squash. This is the first year that I really like dove into using the dehydrator for, uh, preserving things, which is exciting. Yep. I've never done that before. Yep. And, um, Jessica at three rivers, she's been dehydrating a lot, a lot of stuff lately. So that's been inspiring to me. 
She even did corn yesterday or the day before. I, I saw that. I was like, that's <laughs> wild. I would have never thought of that. But I guess you can add it to soups and stuff. And, yeah. and then you can grind it up and to make cornmeal and things. To make corn bread. Mine's popcorn, because I only grow up popcorn. You have to leave popcorn to dry on the stock mm. to cook okay. it. Mm-hmm. So I I didn't even think about doing something like that where you take it and then dehydrate it. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and then we, my mom and I put up corn, which we just buy from a local farmer. I didn't grow corn, although Jared wants to next year. So maybe, but I feel like it might just be deer food. (laughs) So we've got to get, we've got to get a good system before next year of like how we're going to actually grow sweet corn and not just feed the wildlife. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, we just, we just buy that from a local farmer and that's super easy to put up sweet corn, especially if you have a friend that you're doing it with and they're like, if they do the blanching and you're doing the cutting and bagging, it doesn't take hardly any time. Do you just like put it to soups and stuff when you use it or how do you use it? No, we just, well, I mean, yes, you can. Um, but I, a lot of times just put it in a pot with a little butter and salt and pepper oh, and we just eat okay. it like as a side dish. Okay. Okay. My family all really likes corn. So, and huh. it's really delicious, like sweet corn, you know, it still tastes fresh and it's good. Yeah. Uh, but I do put it in soups and like salsas and that kind of stuff too. Okay. So Brian's aunt. So Brian's side of the family is native American. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly who it was, but his aunt Joanne told me maybe it was her grandma. This is my favorite way to preserve corn is just to cut it off the ear, put it in big gallon Ziploc bags with tons of butter, mm-hmm. tons of heavy cream and salt and freeze it. Melted, heavy, melted butter. No. Okay. Just chunk it and just chuck it in there. So it's like cream corn already ready and you just dump it in a pot. Yeah. It's so good. And just really, really, I I think like that was literally one of the first things I ever quote unquote preserved Mm -hmm. was doing that to have a quick side. And I, Brian doesn't like corn, but he likes it that way. Ooh, that sounds good. So it was family that that's how they always did it. Heavy cream, butter, salt and pepper. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. Mm, That's a good idea. Cool. So that way it's already ready. You don't have to doctor it up once you pour it out of the bag. Correct. Yeah. Like that. And then let's see what else I've done. Pickles, um, tomatoes. I've just done some tomatoes, which is my very favorite thing to can. Cause I love just mm, garden tomatoes are just so much better than normal tomatoes. And when you can, them, they're just delicious. Um, so I've done that and I think that's about it. I'm not thinking, Oh, and pesto. I made pesto cause we had a lot of basil this year. You've made fermented salsa before, right? Yeah. And actually the cherry tomatoes work good for that, to be honest. They work well? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Last year I did quite a few jars of that and I just did cherry tomatoes, a bit of a jalapeno pepper, onion, some bell pepper, cilantro, lemon juice, I think. Okay. And then um, salt and fermented that. And it's really good. We just had some the other day from last year and it's still delicious. Ooh. Now that I we have saw- our outside refrigerator it's a lot easy to a lot easier to like ferment stuff and then I can stick it in the outside fridge oh that makes sense because half of my fridge is filled up with ferments right now yeah yeah that's the thing is it's you can't put it on the shelf after you're done fermenting yeah. it so I yeah. like having the outside refrigerator that you can store all that stuff in I would love a one of those cold rooms that you get like the uh, the root cellar well no like you can take oh, a room you buy like I know a refrigerator that goes okay. on the wall like an app or something. And then it yeah. turns your whole room into a refrigerator. Yes. That would be cool. That'd be really yeah. cool. I would love just to have a root cellar. That would also oh, be really yeah. cool. 
if we were building again, if I could go back in time. <laughs> I know Brian has been wanting to build a stone wall around our property. Okay. Like I like that. Lived here. And I love the idea for so many theological reasons. <laughs> it's a masculine art. I think mm. it's more like so many things, but I'm like, I don't want to live here forever. Yeah, I know. I don't want you to build a stone wall here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> a Mr. McGregor's garden wall. Yes. Mm. And I don't say like, I don't want to live here forever. So I'm not going to keep house. So I don't want him to do that same thing. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's right. Oh, I also made kimchi. I made kimchi for the first time the other day. Oh, really? And it was very good. I'm very excited about it because I love kimchi. Um, I think I've told you before that Jared hates it. That he like hates the smell even of it. Does he like sauerkraut at all? Yes, he likes sauerkraut. Oh, okay. Weird. But he doesn't <laughs> like kimchi. Here's why. Because okay. he was in a fraternity in college and they did like insane initiations and stuff. Didn't um, somebody almost die? I remember him telling us this. Yes. 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 But I cannot tell the secrets of the initiation. <laughs> <laughs> but I will just say that like pickled pig feet pig feet were involved in one of the initiations so whenever I open kimchi he's like oh it smells like pig feet. oh okay that makes yeah. sense yeah um but he has weird mental hang-ups about some foods I think I've told you before that I can't convince him that artichokes have nothing to do with fish oh my gosh <laughs> he still thinks artichokes are like some kind of fish product I'm like no that is so funny huh. <laughs> um but yeah, so, but I did make kimchi with my mom because they really like it too. So we split the batch and it's, oh, that's really cool. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been doing? What kind of preserving have you been doing? Well, I did get the dehydrator out. I did a bunch of zucchini, which I feel like is a really good way to use giant zucchinis. What did you do with it? You dehydrated zucchini? Yeah. Did you like I just put anything on it or just dehydrated it? Okay. No, yeah, because you I really guess... can't freeze freeze zucchini or I guess you can can it I don't know I never you, have I don't I, it seems like a lot of work okay yeah <laughs> dehydrating is a good idea for that and then have I already told you about the rhubarb jam that I am absolutely in love with no but I'd oh, like no. to know about it okay so um it's ginger rhubarb and it is what is that book I think I got it from Shay Elliott's blog, but I think it's also in the naturally sweet food in jars. I think that's where she got it. Um, it's so easy and you can inversion can it. Now I have done both pressure canning and hot water bath canning before. I've never followed any rules. I don't recommend that for everyone. Um, if you kill your family, bachelorism <laughs> is, is real. <laughs> I just... I'm a rebel. So I am not a good person to take advice from when it comes to like, I wouldn't be willing to teach somebody how to can. We'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I do think inversion canning is fairly um, safe. So that's why I like this recipe is you can make the batch really quick. It's like four cups of chopped, four cups of chopped um, rhubarb. I think it's a cup and a half of honey, maybe a tablespoon of cinnamon and a teaspoon of grated ginger with three teaspoons of the pectin, the Pomona's pectin. And then I blend it with my immersion blender. I learned that we actually love all of our jams immersion blended, mm -hmm. not, not fruit pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just put it in my clean jars with new lids, turn it upside down for 24 hours and it self seals. And That's I'm not cool. having to do anything. So we, I made one little batch 
And then I tried it. I'm not a huge jam person, but I am telling you, I could eat this thing all. Hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Hmm. So, I'm going to try that. I've done nothing with rhubarb ever in my life. Well, see, I haven't, other than I always made like, uh, I grew up with custard pie, rhubarb <laughs> custard pie. So <laughs> I, that's kind of the only thing I've ever like tried, but I am so sold. I made a second batch. I loved it so much because I thought I need this all winter. I need this <laughs> until next year. So did I you grow summer. rhubarb this year? No. So, okay. um, my rhubarb plant never transferred. I've heard that it's really hard to transfer. So I'm going to have Brian help me again in the spring, but I watched my parents, uh, property for them while they were out of town a couple weeks ago. And she said, just cut, mm-hmm. cut out whatever you want out of the garden. So mm-hmm. cool. I cut a whole bunch down cause she has like three huge plants. It's I, so good. I saw Andrea post something about a Facebook page or group called rebel canning. Did you see this? Oh, no. <laughs> and it's basically all people who just like don't follow the CDC's guidelines on canning. CDC? FDA? Whoever has FDA. guidelines on FDA, has FDA guidelines yeah. on canning. But it's just all like people like, this is how I can. It's not what the FDA tells That's me funny. to do. But it's called rebel canning or rebel canners or something like that. So hmm. it might be fun to look at. Okay. What else have you done? Uh, yeah, I did pesto too. I think pesto is something I'm just going to have to do every single year. I need like a field of basil. I love mm-hmm. it. In oh, I do too. Sandwiches, pizzas, yeah. pasta. Mm-hmm. There's so much you can do with it. And it's so easy. Like I, the other day, yeah. I just like cooked some chicken and threw some pesto ice cubes in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I just freeze mine in ice cube trays mm-hmm. and it's like, boom, delicious chicken. We ate it with pasta. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. So I didn't do any wine this year. I still have wine from last year, actually. I have, I just froze. I did flash freeze your fruit guys. Oh my lands. I almost forgot. I had it all in Ziplocs, all my cherries and Ziploc bags ready to go in the freezer. And I thought, Oh no, I have to flash freeze this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I had to get all that out and do that again. Um, I'm going to make some more, I think when we get back, the apples will be ready. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm, I plan on doing all of my applesauce this year. Mm-hmm. I might get an apple press to do some hard cider. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little 1984 this year. Like, I don't know if I trust the government alcohol anymore. So, <laughs> so I need my own. Yeah. We are planning to get together with my brother-in-law and do a big batch of beer again. I think we're going to do like a stout. So I'm excited about that. We haven't done that Did in a few years. Oh, no, okay. It's been a, it's been a little while since we've done that. So I'm excited to do that again this year. What I was going to say, we're going to, I'm going to try to dehydrate some apples. Cause we really like that bear brand dehydrated apples. Have you done those? Have you had those before? Really good. No. There's like a really crunchy, delicious dehydrated apple and they're like B-A-R-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do some of those. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, I love those. I made too. myself sick. <laughs> What'd you say? I made myself sick on those ones. Oh, I didn't really? like about you just ate 15 apples in one sitting. They're rehydrating <laughs> in your belly. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we were talking earlier about skills and about how it seems like sometimes women who are very anti-domestic skills maybe just haven't done any before. You're listening to one of Eric's podcasts. Yeah, it was listening to an well, it was one of Michael Foster's old. Oh, episodes. Michael Foster's. Okay. I don't, it was maybe even a couple years ago. I don't really know, but the title of it, I think is who does the dishes. 
but um, he was talking about an interview with Betty. So Betty Friedan wrote The Feminine Mystique, which is like what really spurred on feminism. So this was an article that was interviewing Carl Frieden, who was her ex-husband. So in her book, she basically, there's like this quote he reads where she says like, is there has to be something more than just making peanut butter sandwiches, laying beside your husband at night in bed and doing the dishes. So, cause that's their big complaint is like, this is so mundane. This is like worthless work, blah, 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 blah. So her husband, ex-husband says, well, that's funny because I don't think she really ever did more than a hundred dishes our entire marriage. And then he went on to compliment his new wife. <laughs> he went on to compliment his new wife who made him chicken noodle soup and shined his shoes for him. So when Betty was interviewed about her thoughts on his comment about her, she kind of said, well, too bad. I didn't know how to shine my own shoes. And it kind of made me wonder like how much of her discontent was simply a lack of like training, yeah. like a lack of, she didn't know, maybe she should have learned how to make chicken noodle soup and shine the shoes. Maybe she wouldn't have been so, I mean, cause when you're bored, there's legitimacy to being bored and to be wanting to find something interesting to do. But the problem is that we have been trained by the culture to view the home as a place that is uninteresting. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes pride makes us think that if we don't know how to do something, that it's just dumb. Like, instead of being willing to be humble and be like, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know how to do that. It's kind of beyond me to understand the value in it. Like instead of being humble and willing to learn something, we're just like, oh, it's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. Not worth my time. It's dumb. Yeah. And he, he kind of went on, they went on to draw this conclusion, although they didn't take it to where I took it for the women's side of things, but Michael and Nan were both saying men's and women's productivity was cursed. The men's was cursed in one way, the women's was cursed in another. And it got me thinking like before that God has established, no, even now today, God has established the household to be a place that's productive for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So as a woman, if you're not pursuing some sort of productivity, you are experiencing the curse, mm. like your boredom, your lack of interest your discontentment, you're experiencing the curse. The problem isn't that you need to leave and go find that somewhere else. The problem is you need to fight against the curse by being productive. There's a lot of warning in the scriptures about being idle. Proverbs 31 woman doesn't eat the bread of idleness. That I think it's a warning to us that we shouldn't just accept not knowing how to do something that right. we should and, and just say like, oh, well, since I don't know how to do that, then I'll just not do anything. Mm -hmm. Or I'll just let someone else do it for me. I'll just pay someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we should be proactive and humble and willing to learn and be eager learners. Um, and, and to see beyond the shining of shoes or the making of chicken noodle soup or the doing the dishes and like, okay, what I'm actually doing here is taking care of and blessing my family and glorifying the Lord and my obedient work to the, as unto the Lord. But I was thinking about Proverbs 31 today when we were talking a little bit about this, just about even with preserving and all that, that the Proverbs 31 woman, she does a lot of things that are preparing for the future. Not that we are to be fearful of the future, but we are to be able to laugh at what is to come. And a way that you're able to laugh at what is to come is because you're prepared for it. Um, being yes. Yeah. And one way of being prepared for it is being in God's word. 
and um, we went to a concert the other night and Jared was, they asked him to do a gospel presentation at this concert and it was a Christian concert, but the guy got up and was saying that like, he spent 2021 shaking his fist at God and like not knowing why all this stuff was happening. And then he got into the word and it, he was reminded like, oh, God is in control and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? protects you from the shaking of the fist at all is consistently being in the word. And, and that's how we can prepare for the future of like, no matter what is to come, if we are consistently and, um, intentionally in God's word, that is what we're soaking in our minds and our hearts. Then we're able to laugh the future because we know who holds tomorrow. We know that the Lord is in tomorrow and that he's sovereign over all things that we can trust him. So that's a good way to laugh at the future. And then also a good way to laugh at the future is like the Proverbs 31 woman who she has garments for her family. She's got warm blankets for their beds. She knows what's profitable and what isn't profitable. She's done homework to understand things that are um, valuable for her family and that are important for her family. So I don't know, just with all the preserving talk and thinking about like the work in the home, I just have been thinking lately about like, God, give me wisdom of how to prepare for the future. Like, and not even, not even to like, not because I think that I have no idea what's going to happen this year. I'll just say that. What are your conspiracy theories? (laughs) (laughs) I have a few, I have a few, but like not even because of conspiracy theories or maybe real theories, who knows? But, but even like, if it was a, even if it was like five years ago and things were really normal seeming or three years ago, however many years ago, (laughs) things seemed normal to you. Even if it was a seemingly normal year, fall and winter still come. And your family needs things in different seasons. So being prepared for the upcoming season, being prepared for a boy that's getting older and like how to relate to him, how to minister to him, how to like be a good mother to that next stage of child that you're about to have. And like reading about that, learning about that, talking to wise women who have older children. So being prepared for the future. I saw somebody recently mocking on some social media platform, just like people that are wanting everything to be home-based, just kind of setting that up as a form of legalism. But I just, I just think we have lost the idea that God has created the world in such a way that the kingdom advances through households. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually through households. It's not that we're trying to save ourselves. It's not, it's not a form of like a ungodly self-sufficiency. It's that God's people are dependent on him. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we look differently from a people who are dependent upon the government. Yeah. So just want to clarify that because a lot of people can go, well, you're just being a legalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, with the Proverbs 31 woman, she like is able to open her hand to the poor. And the way Correct. that's the way that the poor is supposed to be taken care of is through yep. Christians opening our hands to them, not through the government just handing out everything to everyone so that they can do nothing. And I think it's in that section of Colossians. It might be somewhere else that I remember this, where he says, um, work with your hands. And then at the end, he says, so that you may have something to share, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been thinking about that a lot too. Like, okay, Lord, even with sustainable gardening, like it is one of the tenets of sustainable gardening that you are generous with your seeds. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if your crop fails, you want somebody else that you had been generous to, to have seeds for you to share the following year. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that in terms of like, okay, I can't do a lot this year. I really can't. 
-hmm. but am I being generous with what I do have so that when moving into the future, God is going to continue to, it's that whole response, like to who much has been given much will be required. Mm-hmm. keep being faithful with what he's given to you. And he's going to keep giving you more to be faithful with. One thing with preserving too, I really like making a big, huge batch of jam, not because we eat a ton of blackberry jam, but because when I have a ton of jam that I'm like, Hey, here, we're not going to eat 10 jars of jam this winter. Take one. So I, that's another thing I really like about canning and preserving things. And like, when you do the little like niche things, jams and jellies and salsas, special sauces, those are really fun things to give away as Christmas gifts. Um, Andrew and I talked about that recently too. I think just being mindful of like the, these, whatever abundance God is giving us right now are ways that we can turn around and open our hand to people around us in the future. So just, yeah, like you said, being faithful and thinking about the future and like not only thinking about our family, but the families around us. Yeah. I had a friend that was really sick recently and I, it just blessed me that I had all the tinctures on hand that I could make a specific blend that she needed for her specific health problem. Mm -hmm. And I just dropped it off and I was like, thank you, Lord. Like, thank you that I had that. And I was ready and prepared and saw Mm -hmm. the need and I followed through with it. Like Mm -hmm. you gave me the energy and the means for all of that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And isn't it amazing? So many times it has happened to me where I've heard of a need, a need has arisen and God will have like provided the means for me to be able to meet it. And Mm. it was like, wow, that wasn't even that, that didn't even feel like extra work to me. You know, I just had this around and it was just like, okay, well, this is for you, I guess. And, um, and I just love it when that happens. Cause it's like, God, you, you are ministering to that person through me and, um, helping me to not like get fussy about the extra work because it, mm-hmm. a lot of times whenever God ordains it, it didn't feel like a ton of extra work. It was like, oh, well, yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was something in the Bible reading challenge about that today. I think it was when he was talking about being prepared for the offering, the Corinthians. Did you read it? Yeah. I, I did read it, but I don't, I, I was very early in the morning. So <laughs> but nothing's ringing a bell with that yet. I remember uh, I was reading Matthew Henry's commentary on it. And he was talking about how God um, provides, like he doesn't provide equality for everybody, like the same thing for everybody, because that would dissolve the idea of personal property. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the exact same thing I have, and we're both demanding that we have equal amounts, mm-hmm. there's like no personality left to our personal belongings. I thought that was interesting, first of all, but then he was just saying like, it is fair that God gives others more so that they can meet your need. Because a lot of people think it's not fair that they have more than me, but no, it is fair because you are supposed to be depending on them. Just like in term, they are depending on you in certain ways. I just thought it's kind of a different way to look at it, that our culture, our culture is so about equality, but that's not what God is about. God is about equity and justice. He's not for equality though. (laughs) Not equality of outcomes. You can't regulate outcomes of equality. Yeah. I just, I think people have not a correct understanding of equity versus equality anymore though, is what I mean. Okay. Because they want justice, Mm -hmm. but they don't realize that justice does not mean everything has to be the same because we are egalitarians. We shouldn't be egalitarians. Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. is for what is just, Mm -hmm. but it, might be just in his sovereignty for you to have a different outcome of your life than somebody else. Yeah. We're not trying to level the playing field all the time. Yeah. And also not trying to have the wisdom of the Lord 
and, and know what's yeah. best for every person. Like kindness exactly. of God looks different in my life exactly. than it does in yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that we need to be reminded that like the body is meant to be interdependent on each other. Like we're supposed to be ministering to each other. We're supposed to be a hand and an arm and a foot and an eye. We're supposed to all be doing our roles and serving one another in that way. We can't all be an eye. We can't all be a hand as scripture talks about. So yeah, I think if we stop looking at each other and saying, I should have what they have, I should be able to do what they do and start saying, thank you, God, that you made me be able to have sight for the body or make me be able to have hands to reach for the body. Winnie, you're so distracting. She's so distracting. (laughs) She's so cute. Hi, Winnie. (laughs) Her hair is so thick on top. She looks like she has a toupee on. (laughs) I know. It's so funny. Uh, Hi, Winnie. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Got anything else to say about being prepared for the future, preserving... I don't know, I guess maybe something I have been thinking of is in terms of like, who knows? So where we are, I've told you this before, a large amount of our congregation is military, active duty, government employees. Who knows what's going to happen with how people may or may not um, act on this whole vaccine mandate thing. So I have been thinking a little more in terms of, well, what could I make a little extra of that is easy to share if we have a lot of families that need this winter? Mm-hmm. Like jams yeah. may or may not fill bellies. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I've just been trying to think a little more practically yeah. and mm-hmm. less like, oh, ideally I would love to have all this pie filling, but maybe I just need to have fruit on hand so I can pass right. it off to another family in need or something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. More so like practical. Bad. Yeah. Who knows if we will be gathering food from afar. I'm really on the Proverbs 31 kick this episode, but yeah, I was talking to Jared about that last night. It's like, if a grocery store tells us we cannot come in, it's okay. I will gather food from afar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trust the Lord. I've just been enjoying that book that Jared found for me this week. And again, it's not like a super fantastic book. It's just been really helpful. And one thing that this is kind of off topic, but one thing it said in there that I have really been ministered to was, uh, it's like a very slight paradigm shift, but instead of saying, I am the only one that picks up around here, or I am the only one doing the dishes, or I am the only one doing this or that, which I'm quoting Jordan Sparks. Cause I've said that so many times, <laughs> all I do is follow you guys around and pick up. Um, but it said to switch your thinking of it as I am very valuable to my family. This is a very special thing that I do. And it's like, man, it's like such a small change in thought of instead of I'm the only one that does this is like, I'm the only one that does this. I'm a very valuable member of this family. I'm the only one that does this. And that is a good thing. Instead of, instead of like begrudging each other for not doing each other's tasks, seeing like, okay, what I do is special and valuable. And that's what I do. And what is God Mm. ordained for me to do? And that's special for my family. So anyways, that was just a little simple paradigm shift that has like yeah. been a little life-changing for me this week. So I love that. I'd share it. But anyways, yeah, I really, I've really enjoyed that little book. I'm, I'm scheduling my daily chores now, what I do each day. Oh, really? Yes. So like- You have never done that? No, no, oh. never. It's like the bathrooms are dirty, so I'll clean them today, the day that they're dirty. Oh, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've always what? just done things as it's needed. Um, 
other than other than certain things, like we've been doing our floors on a certain day for a while. Um, okay. Usually after like small group day or something like that, we'll do floors. But I've been doing where I'm like scheduling, like I'm going to do the bathrooms this day, going to do laundry these two mm-hmm. days or three days, mm-hmm. depending on the week. And then I'm going to do my floors this day and like different chores each day. And then like, okay, Saturday mornings, I usually have some extra wiggle room. So I'm going to do extra things that day. Like, yeah clean off my doors and stuff. And I'm just telling you, I don't know why it is taking me this long to actually, it's because I don't like schedules. That's why I don't like to be scheduled. I don't <laughs> like to be organized. That's not my personality, but like, it's really freeing. It's really freeing because like, I don't have to push myself to get done everything that needs to be done that day. I can know that tomorrow I'm going to get to that or Thursday. Yeah. I'm going to get to that, whatever. I started doing that when I had Ari and it wasn't at all for organization's sake. It was because as a homemaker, I was working myself to death because yep. I, I didn't ever know when it was enough to be done. Yep. Yep. And I was talking <laughs> to our pastor's wife about it. And she was like, well, if you just set something every day, you can be, you can know like, okay, my cleaning is done for the day. Now it's time to focus on the baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. And now that I have more kids, it is even more helpful because so say if you're on bed rest, Mm-hmm. what if you don't get to the bathrooms this Tuesday who cares you know you'll get to them next Tuesday like yeah. it's, it's, you do it's not scheduled in yeah. and it was really helpful for me because whenever I wrote out my chores I realized that on Mondays I was typically doing laundry floors and that's our longest day of homeschooling I'm like I don't have to do all those three things on Mondays and that and Mondays are like it was super stressful. I wasn't getting anything done. It was like the end of the day. And I'm like, I still haven't got dressed. <laughs> like Somehow I still haven't got dressed because I've been working from the time I got out of bed. And, yeah. and so anyways, just like writing it all down and like switching some things around. And it, it was just honestly like the kindness of God this past week, because I had a day where I was telling Jared, I was like, I'm not getting done with school. I'm overwhelmed. I'm getting, not getting everything done. I want. And um, so anyways, God, God was really kind to me and helped me think through some stuff. Brian and I have started to review our schedules together in six week chunks to make sure neither of us are like over scheduling things, mm. um, which I can't believe it's been 10 years of marriage and we're just now doing that. But mm. I just am always amazed at feminists because it <laughs> takes so much wisdom mm-hmm. and brain power and creativity to actually make a household run. Yes. It yes. took us over an hour to just look at the next six weeks. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whenever you're being a productive house. Yes. Yeah. Whenever you're trying to be a productive household and it's not just consuming. Yeah. It That's takes true. a lot. It takes a lot of thought. To life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be taking dominion and stewarding yep. our schedule. We don't want our schedule to be taking dominion over us mm-hmm. or our that's what it is for me. Like if I'm not taking dominion to being proactive about this, then all I'm going to be doing is reacting to my emotions. And that is yep. not good. No. Yeah. Then I'm going to always feel like I'm overwhelmed. Yes. So yeah. Um, that's, that's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anything else we've been talking for quite a while. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and Bye. we'll talk to you later.